We'll put you down for baptism if you've been saved, all right? Hebrews chapter 13, let's stand together. Verse 5 and verse number 6. Says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content and be content with such things as ye have. Be content with what you have. For he hath said, Jesus speaking, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all that you've already accomplished in this service. Thank you so much for the hearts that you've already spoke to. Thank you so much for the lives that you are changing. Thank you so much for allowing us to be here early on a Sunday morning. I ask, Lord, for the next few minutes of time that you would clear our minds, help us to understand what we need to be focused on. Let us, to see, let us see truth, truth, and help us to understand it. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And thank you for standing. Thank you for being here. It's an amazing thing how the Lord began to deal with me about this message. I've done a lot of research. I've done a lot of studying. I've done some digging. I've done some reading. I've, uh, I've pulled out some books. I've done the homework that I felt that I needed to do to be prepared to share this message with you folks here this morning. The idea of this service is to let us realize two things for sure. The first thing that I believe that the Lord wants us to realize this morning is we need Him. And we need to keep our mind and our eyes fixed on Jesus. And the second thing that I believe the Lord is wanting to show us through this message is this. So many of us, I didn't say so many of you, I said so many of us put all of our confidence, all of our hopes, and all of our dreams into this world and into this world's system. And I pray today that we will realize that our hope is in Jesus. And our hope and our confidence is not in this world. Nor is it in the things of this world. And I pray that after this morning's message and after some facts. Facts that I'm going to give you about the world that you and I are living in. And especially, let your ears listen, especially the end times as we are drawing closer to the church being raptured out of here that we realize how quickly our world is heading in a direction that we need to have our eyes 
and our ears opened up to this morning. That is my prayer, and I believe that's the direction that the Lord is leading us in this morning. When will it ever be enough? When will it ever be enough? You say, what are you talking about? Anything. When will it ever be enough? When will you ever find yourself content with the things that the Lord has blessed you and I with? Will it ever be enough? Could they ever be enough? Or is there always a desire in our hearts to want more? to need more, but more than anything, to never be satisfied even with what the Lord has blessed us with. Are you content this morning with anything at all? Anything at all in your life? Will it ever be enough? On the way of introduction, let me say there is nothing wrong with goals in life. There's nothing wrong with wanting to have a home to live in. There's absolutely nothing wrong with wanting to have a car or a truck that can get you from point A to point B. There's nothing wrong with that. There is absolutely nothing wrong with having nice things. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. And may I say to you, if, uh, if you're in your senior years You need to start enjoying the blessings that God has given you because this is a sobering thought, but it's the truth. If you don't start enjoying what the Lord has blessed you with, one day the Lord's going to call you home and you're going to leave it for your kids and they're really going to enjoy it. Can Can I hear an amen on that? So you need to enjoy what God has blessed you with in life. But can I say to you, there is something sweet when it comes to the word of contentment, being satisfied, looking around and realizing that you are blessed and God has been good to you. Let's notice together in Hebrews chapter number 13, verse number 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For a few moments I want to preach on the thought of a content life. Living with covetousness is what it says here in the book of Hebrews. It's, uh, it's a greedy life. It's, it's a life if we're not careful, careful that we have a, a strong desire of obtaining possessions of some supposed good that usually if we're not careful we can get so caught up in it we use it in a bad sense. We use it in a greedy way and not in a godly way. It goes on to speak of our conversation. That that gives more than the idea of just what we say. It's it's more of a lifestyle. It's, It's more of our character. It's more of our manner. It's the way of life. If you and I are not careful, our way of life will always constantly be, I'm never satisfied and I must have more. I'm I'm never content, so I have to have more. Even with the blessings that I have, even things in life 
that I, that I really don't even need, but yet God has given me the extra things, the, the things in your garage or the, or the things that you have put up or, or those little things in life. If you and I are not careful, even those things, even the extra blessings in life, if we're not careful, we will never be content with things that God has blessed us with because every good gift comes from Him. Amen. Is it ever enough? Is it ever enough? Ecclesiastes 5.10 says, He that loves silver shall not be satisfied with silver. 1 Timothy 6.10 says, For the love of money is the root of all evil, and some have coveted after and while they have coveted after money, it says in 1 Timothy 6.10 that it has caused some to even err from the faith. Some has even walked away from the Lord. Some has even walked away from the things of God because their sole desire is just to have more and more and more and more and more. And especially when it comes to the thought of money. Money. What would it take financially for you to be content would it take a thousand dollars would it take ten thousand dollars for you to be content Uh, would it take a hundred thousand I mean there's got to be some kind of number that, that if, if you could get to this number, man, I would be content. I would, I would be happy. I would, I would know that everything in life was going to be okay. And, and, it's, and it's funny to me that you and I base all of our contentment, all of our joy, all of our peace, listen, even all of our security on the things of the world instead of the things... Of God. We base all of our rest, our contentment, our our peace. You gotta have this, and then we will be secure. And this morning, I want to preach a message to let us realize where true contentment lies. And I want to share some facts that I've learned this week that prayerfully will help you to realize that everything that this world has to offer is not where you will find your contentment. You're not going to find your peace there. It's just not going to happen. I read an article of a man this week who was in his 30s and I did not write his name down. And this man was very involved in Wall Street and this man was very involved in stocks and the stock market and different things. And, and this man was not married. This man had no bills. This man had no, he owed no one for anything. And this man at the end of his year was expecting a bonus from the company that he worked with. And I read this. He got three, you ready for this? He got $3.6 million bonus at the end of the year. And he went into his boss's office and chewed him out because he said, I thought it was going to be up closer to $8 million. And when I read that article, I was like, glory to God. <laughs> glory to God. The bonus was not big enough. 
Luke 12, 15 says, beware of covetousness. Be wise, make wise decisions. I wrote this down, make smart investments. But above all things, hear this, and then we're going to get into it. Above all things, seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. I personally know some people that are here in this service this morning who no doubt God has given them great wisdom and they have made wise decisions in their life. They are people that I know in this church who has made very wise investments. They are people that I know in this church who has been given a gift of doing things right. There's people in this church that I know that although that is what they have done through their life, their number one goal is not the investment. Their number one goal is seeking Jesus first and trusting Him in every decision that they make. Are you with me? And you and I need to realize where our contentment comes from. You and I need to realize where our joy comes from. And you and I this morning, we need to learn as a church together, where do I put all of my hope? Where do I put it? Matthew 6, says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's what the Word of God says. Are you content? Are you satisfied? Are you pleased with where you are in life? I want to share this story about my mother, and then I'm going to move on into the message. My mother has non-Hopkins lymphoma cancer, stage four. My mother has, was in the hospital for three weeks. Now she's at Care Partners on Sweeten Creek Road. My mother got saved right here in this altar several years ago. But I have never seen my mother with the mental state that she's in, but more than anything, the spiritual state that she is in. My mother right now, I'm 55 years old and I have never seen my mom as close to Jesus as she is right now. I have never seen my mom witness to people like she's witnessing right now. I have never seen my mom so excited just to know that she can get up with a walker and walk to the restroom as she is right now. I have never seen my mother's mind as clear as it is right now in her life. My mother's 79 years old and her walk with Jesus right now is the best that I've ever seen in mine and her life. As long as I've been born, I'm telling you, the Lord has done a work in my mama's life right in the middle of stage four cancer God is blessing her in amazing ways. I'm going to say amen whether you do or not. Amen. Glory to God. He's good. Amen. 
God has been good to us. But let me tell you something. I was talking to her on the phone last night, me and Tina on speakerphone. And we said, we call her Nene. We said, Nene, what do you need? She said, I need a sweatshirt. I said, is, was that all you need? She said, I need a sweatshirt. She said, I love these sweatshirts. And she said, I got to do therapy in these sweatshirts. All I want is a sweatshirt. And when my mama told me all she wanted was a sweatshirt, it hit me. My mom's content where she's at in life. She's content where she is in life. Because it's only been about four months ago, Preston, you'll love this. My mom called me and said, hey, I've been driving through car dealerships. I was like, mama, 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 mama. She said, son, just one more time, I need a new car. I was like, mama, please. I said, mama, please. I said, I said you're on a fixed income, mama. She said, I don't care. I said, what do you mean you don't care? She said, I have to have a new car. I was like, mama, what are you going to do if you can't pay the payments? She said, you can pay them. <laughs> I, said, I said, mama, mama, please. Please don't go buy you a new car. I said, I don't need to make no car payment. I said, if you can't pay it and I can't pay it, they're going to come get it and you ain't going to have a car to drive. She said, I don't care if they come get it or not. I want me a new car. But things begin to change in her life and she realizes That little Honda that I have is enough. And she's content. I hope that you and I don't have to get to a place in our lives till someone tells us that we are dying before we can finally get to a place in our life that we're content with the blessings that God's blessed us with. See, the enemy knows what we're seeking. The devil knows what we're after. Can I give you some facts? Because so many of us, so many of us has put all of our faith into areas in this world that is so shaky and unsettled. Did you know in Revelation chapter 13, verses 16 and 17, you know what it deals with in the tribulation period? In the end of this world, you know what it deals with? (laughs) It deals with money. It deals with buying and selling. The Bible says he caused all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And if you do not have this mark, you cannot buy, you cannot sell, unless you have the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. You and I, if we're not careful, 
We put all of our confidence, we put all of our security, we put all of our faith, we put everything that we are in this world system. And let me remind us this morning as I'm going to share some things with you. This world system is not what gives you peace. This world's money system is not where you need to put all of your faith. We need to seek Jesus first. We must put all of our faith in Christ and Christ alone. Listen to what I found out. Everything in the world is so easy anymore. In the 1900s, department stores and some gas stations come up with a brilliant idea. And the brilliant idea is in some department stores and some gas stations, they would issue a card. And you could take that card to that department store or you could take that card to certain gas stations and you could put your purchases on a card. That was in the 1900s. In 1946, there was a man who was a genius who come up with this idea and it was called a charge it card. In 1958, there was a company that started and, and it started everything. And in 1958, this company was called American Express. Now, in the day that you and I live in, listen close now. This is where we put our faith. We don't put our faith in Jesus. We don't, we don't seek Jesus first. We seek the world first. We put all of our hope all of our dreams, all of our plans. Are you hearing me? We put it all in the world. Listen close. You're going to find out some interesting things that I found out. Now it's called direct deposit. Now all you have to do is get out your cell phone. (laughs) You can buy anything now with one click of a button. And I know what all you young people are saying. Thank you, Jesus. First off, we heard of a thing called PayPal. Now there's a big thing called Venmo. Did I say that right? Just Venmo. Listen, if you ever have a desire to Venmo, Venmo me. (laughs) Amen. In 2019, in 2019, the Federal Reserve Study, in 2019, Federal Reserve Study, $174.2 billion non-cash payments in the U.S. (laughs) Out of the $174.2 billion non-cash payments, it was $97 trillion in transactions. And not one transaction was by a dollar bill or a coin. It was all done on a computer. Are you with me? You say, preacher, why in the world are you sharing this stuff with us? Because we need to understand where we're headed as a country. And you young people that says, man, that's convenient. We don't write checks anymore. Whoop, 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 who cares? Well, we do everything online. What a blessing. 
What a blessing. Everything is so easy now, preacher. Hey, listen, there's a generation of people that's in this service right now. They've got cash in their pocket. But you know, there's a generation of people in this service right now. You don't have change for a five and don't know where you could find it. There's people in this church right now who don't have enough change to give you change for a dollar. Because everything's online. And everything is easy. When you and I realize this is exactly the way that the devil wants this world to go, because at the end, he has a plan, church. Are you with me? He has a plan. And where is it that you put all of your faith? Where is it that you put all of your trust? Where is it that you put that? We've got some folks here this morning that work at the bank. I had a lady in the 830 service that come by after I preached this message and said, you told it right. It hadn't been too long ago. I made an investment in something. And my wife says that any investment that I've ever made has never worked out for our favor. (laughs) And guess what? She's right. But I made an investment not too long ago. And a friend of mine helped me sell it. He's in this service today. And this gentleman who bought what I was selling went to his bank to get the money to buy what I was selling. And he lived in a little small community and it wasn't a whole lot of money. I'm telling you, it was not a whole lot of money. And when he went to his bank to get what I was selling, his bank told him, we don't have that cash to give you. You'll have to come back tomorrow because we don't have the cash to pay what you're asking for us to pay. Now let me just go ahead and throw you a little news flash right here. I don't know how many people's in this service this morning. 300, 400, 500, but it don't matter. But I'll guarantee you we got a banker sitting right over here. And if I was to tell every single one of you, let's go to her bank. And Monday morning, let's every one of us go to her bank and let's all ask for our savings And we want it all in cash. (laughs) You may go ahead and tell you what's going to happen. You're not going to get it. You're not going to get it. They're going to have to order it. (laughs) You say, yeah, but I've got it. Where Where do you have it? You got it on a piece of paper. You got it on the internet. But let me ask you, do you have it in your pocket? You say, oh, no, preacher, we got it. Do you really? How do you know you got If you knew how much money I had in 401K, hey, listen, go get it all out tomorrow. <laughs> Y'all might as well say amen. You might as well say amen because we are living in crazy times. And you know what? So many of us, so many of us put all of our faith in this world system. You put all of your faith in your bank account. You put all of your faith in your 401k. You put all of your faith in your savings. Can I tell you, if we put all of our faith in this world, in this world system, we are failing as believers. Our faith must be put in Christ and Christ alone. You say, preacher, you don't preach like this. This is craziness. 2020, we hear of a word called a pandemic. 
60% of the world went to digital payment during the pandemic. 32% of our world said we don't even need no cash or any coins anymore. You know, down there in Western where I live, they put in a Walmart over there. It's called the Dollar General. <laughs> I went down there one day and paid with cash, and that lady at the cash register looked at me and said, Do you need change? I said, yes. <laughs> she said, sir, we have no change. I said, what did you, what'd you just say? She said, sir, we have no change. I said, you don't, you don't have a penny, a quarter, a nickel? She said, no, we're in a change shortage right now. <laughs> I said, so what am I going to do? She said, we're just going to round this thing up. I said, no, let's round this thing down. <laughs> you're under 20 years old, raise your hand. Can you give me change for a dollar? Has any of you got change for a dollar? If you're under 20 years old, raise your hand. Can you give me change for a 20? It don't matter what it is. 10, 5, 1. It's easy. Hey, I'm going to ask this question. I hope somebody's face turns red. Anybody get caught up in the cryptocurrencies? Anyone get caught up into that? That's a blessing. Did you know that the cryptocurrencies is not backed by anything? It's not backed by gold, not backed by silver, not backed by any federal notes. Did you know it was produced online, it's stored online, it's spent online? Did you know that some says in our world, now I want you to pay attention to these initials because you're going to hear them again. It's called the CBDC. CBDC. What does that mean? It's the central bank digital currency. I just found this out this week as I was studying. This is where most people who are up on finances in our country wants the world to go. It's called the CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency. What does that mean? It means that everything is done online. There's no need for a dollar bill. There's no need for a quarter. Everything is done online, and it's government-backed. Who's shocked by that? It's government-backed, <laughs> and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a desired legal tender. It's for a nation But what they're wanting is for the whole world to adopt the process. So then the government can freeze, the government can hold, and the government can see every transaction. All you have to do, listen young people, this is the deal. All you have to do is touch a screen. Listen, I'm still interested in somebody Venmoing me something before this church service is over. Just touch a screen. Just touch a screen. You know what's funny, man? I'm going to tell you what's funny. To see you old guys paying with cash cracks me up. I'm going to tell you what's funny is when we go somewhere and we see some of you older women pull out your checkbook. Hey, listen, don't you realize you don't have to carry that stuff anymore? Catch up, man. What's wrong with you people? All you got to do is... 97 trillion dollars 
transactions in one year. And it was all done online. 2 Timothy 3, 1 and 2. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Verse 2. For men shall be lovers of their own selves and covetous. That word covetous there means that people will love money the closer it gets to the end than ever in history. You're going to love your money. Even Revelation in the time of the tribulation period. Revelation 6 and verse number 6 speaks of the black horse. It says a measure of wheat for a penny and a measure of barley for a penny. When you study the word penny, it's a denarii. It means there's a famine that's coming to the world and it's going to take a full day's wage to buy a handful of wheat or to buy a loaf of bread. Oh man, come on preacher, groceries are not going up. You say, preacher, you're not preaching the word, man. You're preaching. No, I'm preaching exactly what the Lord told me to preach because you and I need to realize that our hope is not in this world nor in this world system. Our hope is in Jesus. And the more we put our hope in the world, we will never be content. We'll never be satisfied. And at the end of the day, the world's just liable to take everything that you put your faith in. Are you content? Are you satisfied? Wow. (laughs) I read this and I wrote it down and put it in parentheses. The closer we get to the end, food will be outrageous. I wrote that down. Who buys groceries in your home? Raise your hand. How much has it went up? How much? (laughs) The Credit Global Wealth Report. This is a blessing. 1% of the world owns 44% of the world's wealth. 1% of the world owns 44% of the world's wealth. Did you know that during COVID... What was COVID? It was the flu. And it caused a lot of people to leave this country, and we do not take that lightly. But you know that during COVID, there was a lot of people that died. But during COVID, there's a lot of people that financially went way down. But did you also know that during the pandemic, (laughs) American millionaires rose 35%? American millionaires rose 35% during the pandemic. You know that? Who's heard of a man by the name of Jeff Bezos? Kind of looks like my brother. (laughs) Jeff Bezos is the former president and the CEO of Amazon. We got people here that works for Amazon. (laughs) During the pandemic, his personal finances rose. $86 billion in one year. Man, it's so easy. All you have to do, you don't want to go shopping. And it is easy. You put your credit card statement or your credit card number in Amazon and all you have to do is click. And you just keep clicking. 
And they just keep sending it. And I love it when they send it. I almost want to order something for $5 a day just to see them pull in my house every day. (laughs) And I'm not alone. That brother, (laughs) listen, that brother's income, personal, rose $86 billion in one year. He's the first person in the world to be worth more than $200 billion. But did you know in the end times when that famine hits, from the richest to the poorest, the only way that you will be able to eat by ourselves if you are not a believer, because if you're a believer, whoop, we're out of here during the rapture. Can I hear an amen on that? So if you're not a believer, I don't care if you have $200 billion in the bank that you cannot go get out. Miss Emily, can I come to your bank and get out $200 billion? You sure? Not, not even 250000 I can't come to your bank and get out $250,000. If I come to your bank and get out $10,000, do you need to know why I'm getting it out? You do? She's the banker. If you go to her bank, Emma, to get out $10,000, you need to tell them why. And you probably might not even get it that day. But it's on paper. You got it, girl. You hang on that paper. I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm trying to let you know that the world that we're living in is crazy. The world we're living in is crazy. You better put your faith and your hope and your dreams in Jesus. (laughs) Think about it. Or don't think about it. I'm going to give you a name and you need to write it down because you've got to research this guy, man. This is the best of the best. You spell this guy's name, J-O-W-A-N. He says it so fast, it sounds like he's saying Owen. J-O-W-A-N. His last name is spelled O-S-T-E-R-L-U-N-D. He says his name like this, Owen Oslund. Owen Ostland, he has a company in Sweden. And the company in Sweden, you young people's going to love this. All of you young people, listen up. This is for you. Hey, listen. No more debit cards. Listen, this is for you. He has a company in Sweden, and they make biochips. And it's about the size of a grain of rice. And he puts it in your hand. That's unusual. And he says that he has already chipped 6,000 people in Sweden. And his goal is to get to the UK, Italy, Japan, Poland, Germany, and Norway as fast as possible. All he needs is for people to get on board. And when he, he, listen, he takes a little bit of alcohol, it's painless. All he's going to do, all he's going to do, sisters, is take a little bit of alcohol. Rub it on there. Take this little needle, stick it up under your skin. Squirt this little rice chiplet in there. And guess what? From here on out, Ben, here on out, Ben, from now on, all you got to do is just take your hand and go, beep, you buy whatever you want. That's it. You young people's all about this easy stuff. Listen to me now. This will be a blessing to you. You just walk up, beep, you get your gas. You walk up, beep, you get your groceries. 
He's even saying that he's going to work with these door lock companies. Beep, unlock your door. Now, this is incredible to me. This is so incredible to me. My mom's over there in Care Partners. In that chip, I can even pull up on my phone, check her blood pressure. It's all in a chip. You young people better get on that one. You better get on that one. Because I'm telling you, look, no more cash, no more change. Hey, listen, you don't even have to worry about losing your debit card anymore. No more keys. All of that stuff is for old people who don't know what's going on. And listen, all you got to do is jump in, man, and get on board and get that chip in your hand. And you are good to go, man. You are set. You say, preacher, you're talking foolishness. There's not a person in here going to get a chip in their hand. We know what the Bible says. Are you saying that's the mark? No, 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 no. I am not. I will not go on record and say that's the mark of the beast. I will not say that. But I will say this. We headed there. And we're headed there at lightning speed. And when the church is called out of here and the world is left on their own and the beast and the false prophet rises up and says, we have a solution. Don't you be fooled, my friends. They will be people standing in line to receive whatever that mark might be. They will be standing in line to receive it. They, some of you folks in the older generation, you'd have never thought you'd have used a debit card. They, some of you folks in the older generation, you'd have never thought you would have done your banking online. They, some of the folks even in the older generation, You'd have never thought that all you had to do was swipe or a little chip, stick a card in there. You know what? There's some gas stations I go to, you ought to try to steal my debit card. It don't even ask for my zip code. You just stick it in, hit the button, and go to pumping. Well, that's where it's supposed to be, preacher. You old people need to get with it. You young people need to realize something. The devil's setting this world up. And he's setting this world up to be so simple that all he has to do is say, here you go, girl. And you're like, that is great. Mom and dad will love this. It's so easy. (laughs) I told you this was going to be a crazy message. Let's read our scripture together. Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 5. Let your conversation be without covenants and be content with such thing as you have. For he said, this is what Jesus said, I will never leave thee and forsake thee. You ought to shout and say amen on that. Then it says, so that we may boldly say, so that I can boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Child of God, please listen. Get your mind and your security and your contentment off of the things of the world. Get your mind and your security and your contentment, get it off of the things of the world. 
And get your mind on Jesus. Get your mind fixed back on Jesus. Because he's coming soon. And you know what? (laughs) Whether you want to admit it or not, and I hope you do, if you're born again, son, we're on the first ticket out of here. We're on the first ticket out of here. And just in case, if there's someone in this service who does not know Jesus, if you hear that there's been some strange, crazy people that all of a sudden has left this planet, anything at my house that you want, you can have it. It's free. Because it is not going to do you one ounce of good. Because you will end up selling everything that I have for a loaf of bread. That's about all you're going to get out of all my junk. (laughs) Are you with me? That's facts, huh? You got change for a dollar. You got change for a five. I know you do, girl. You do? She does Dave Ramsey, but it's at home. <laughs> That's an old soul sitting right over there. Got change for 20? You don't have change for 20. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. It's just an eye opener, ain't it? Isn't it? Has this opened anyone else's eyes but mine? Has anyone else kindly realized, wow, man, 